Welcome to the Unmeasured Podcast. I'm your host, Simi Bodich. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of the Unmeasured Podcast. I am so excited to be joined today by Kelly Namiro, a certified holistic health coach, Pilates instructor, the host of the Balancing Chaos podcast, and the creator of the WBK app. Kelly, welcome to the Unmeasured Podcast. So excited to be here. I am so excited to be here, and we are going to be talking about a topic that I know is so near and dear to both of our hearts, something that we're so passionate about, and I am just really honored that we get to have this chat together. I'm going to read the listener question, and then we'll dive in from there. She said, I definitely have an unhealthy, somewhat obsessive relationship with working out. I push myself so hard, running long distances, hit classes, and more. I freak out if I miss a day and worry about low-impact workouts like bar or yoga or Pilates not being enough. At the same time, I can feel that's what my body needs. How do you navigate a transition to low-impact intensity workouts, both mentally and physically? I'd love some support with making this change. Um, Kelly, I think we both have sort of personal journeys that in you know one way or another mirror this this listener's journey that she is sharing. Um, would you would you share a little bit about how you came? to have this really like nourishing, healthy relationship with movement that you have now, and maybe like some of the challenges that came up for you along the way, because I, I know that I share many of those with you. Absolutely. I think that the first and most important thing to look at and what I was so scared of looking at, first of all, let me even rewind from that and say like the question that this listener wrote, like, I swear that sounded like I myself like 10 years ago, like I could have written that exact question. It was so much of it was rooted in fear, like fear of my body changing in a way that I didn't like fear of not being enough fear of not doing enough. Like there was so much fear wrapped up in that and definitely a lack of love for myself. And so, um, I think that looking at where did this relationship with movement kind of start to get a little wonky is what was the most important piece of the puzzle for me, because from that place of awareness was where I was able to truly make the shifts that I needed to make to not only experience a more like flexible relationship with movement in my life that felt like so much freedom, but also to feel a physical change in my body. Like what's it we said, like I coach women a lot on hormones and hormone health, because a big part of the reason that my hormones were out of whack in the first place, where my thyroid was low, I didn't have an autoimmune disease and um, my period went away. Like so much of that had to do with the fact that I had a very tumultuous relationship with movement where I was, and I just want to give everyone out there like a trigger warning, if this is going to be triggering for you, because I know that like, again, like 10 years ago, a conversation like this was actually something that would have been helpful for me, but I can understand where it might be triggering for someone. Um, so back when I was probably 18, came home from a spring break vacation with another family that I had gone on. And 
um, it was the first time that I think I had gone on vacation with somebody else's family versus my own. And I went away for a week and I came back and my mom was like, the first thing she said to me when I walked in the door, which again, our parents are doing the best that they can. I understand she's a wonderful mother. She's like, oh my gosh, you need to lose weight. And I was like, ouch, like that really hurts. And it is a memory for me that was so, um, hurtful. And I felt so much shame in that moment that I was like, okay, I will do anything for her love and acceptance. And, um, I look back now and I can recognize that for a lot of my childhood, that type of messaging was going on, but it was that one moment in time where I was like, okay, I have to actually do something about this. And so I think it was kind of, um, almost like the straw that broke the camel's back that kind of led into my disordered relationship with food and movement. So from that place, I was on a mission to lose as much weight as I could. And so that meant like, if she was like, oh, you should go to the gym. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to the gym for two hours. Like I'm doing so much cardio and so much, because again, going back to that idea of like, why did I have that relationship with movement. It came from that place of fear. It came from that desire for acceptance and love from my mom and from like the external world. Like I want to be accepted. I want to be loved. And if that means I have to be thinner to have those things, then I'm going to do everything in my power to be able to do that. Um, and so, yeah, that's what it looked like for gosh, like probably seven years. And I would, once I recognize, it was actually like when I started working with you was when I was in the place of finally recognize, like, I can't live my life like this anymore. I need to make a change. If I want to have kids, if I want to, you know, have a good relationship with my husband, because we would go on vacation, like me and my husband at the, we were just dating at the time. And instead of like going out and exploring the city with him or like going to get brunch, like, I'd be like I need to go do a workout. Like I need to go to the gym or like, if I was like, I remember it was my 25th birthday and I had taken a bunch of girls. We went down to the Caribbean and everybody was like, let's go to the beach. And I'm like, no, I'm going to the gym. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Like, I am missing out on my own life for the sake of this workout. So that was a long answer to your question. Kelly, thank you for every part of that answer. I can relate to so much of what you shared. Like the underlying reason why there is this obsession or this feeling of like, I need to do this workout or something bad is going to happen. There's that fear. There's that scariness of like, I will lose love. I will lose acceptance. Like I, like that underlying fear. And I'm sure anyone who struggles in their relationship with movement can probably think of, like you said, that moment, it was the straw that broke the camel's back, right? Like, I think we can all think of a moment in our experience where it's like, oh, that was the thing that just like really pushed me over the edge, or that was the comment, or that was the experience. And like, from then on, it felt like, you know, we were off to the races and it's really hard to go from a moment like that to a place where it's like, wow, I really love myself and movement is a way that I take care of myself. And I'm really coming at it from this intention of like love and nourishment. And like, it's okay for me to be a little bit flexible and I don't have to miss out on these life experiences to get in, in a workout. Like it's challenging to go from 
one to the other. And it's also like so rewarding and so fulfilling. And what I, one of the many things I love about this question is that she asks like, how do you transition both like mentally and physically? And I think we sometimes think about switching up a workout routine or changing the way that we move our bodies as this like purely physical thing. But I think sometimes like the mental piece is almost like the harder part of it is almost like the bigger, like the bigger part of it. Yeah. So you'll have that, like a lot of people, like you just said, like have that moment in time where like that triggering thing happens where you're like, okay, now I'm in this. And it's like, usually something that you're hearing from somebody else that breaks that trust with yourself. Like, oh, somebody else said, I'd look, you know, like I should work out more or like this person's doing that, this diet. So I should do this diet because they're doing it. And so it's like usually something external that causes you to feel like you can't trust your own body. And I remember like when I was going through all of this, um, as I mentioned, I, I lost my period for a couple of years. Um, and I would go to doctor's offices and they would be like, oh, just get on the birth control pill. And I'm like, that is so counterintuitive to like what I'm trying to accomplish here. Like, because I want to have kids, like I want to have babies. And then I'd be like, I would mention at the same time, because I was still very like mentally stuck on my weight. I'd be like, oh, and like, I just feel like I can't lose these last 10 pounds. And every response until I finally went to like a functional medicine doctor was, okay, we'll eat less and just like exercise a little bit more. And so that was like fuel to the fire, that mental fire of like, well, I can't, I can't take a break. And what I'll tell you is that like, eventually once I finally got so far, like past a point where I was like, I was married, I knew I wanted to have kids. I knew I needed like a stronger relationship with my husband where he was like, he was not frustrated, but he was like, why can't we spend time together? Like, why do you have to leave me? I was like, okay, I need to try something else. And what was really helpful was like, it, it was never like going from like, okay, I was working out two hours a day to like, oh, now I'm only working out 20 minutes. Like that is not how I did it. It was like, okay, I need to go from two hours to an hour and a half. And if I can say like, okay, I feel comfortable that like nothing bad happened in doing that. Like nothing scary happened, you know, for me and my personal experience, because my cortisol was so high because I was so stressed out. And then these intense workouts were just adding to that stress. My body was holding weight and I actually ended up losing weight. That may not be the experience for everybody, but it's like, oh my gosh, like if I would have just trusted that, like I didn't have to push so hard and force so hard a little bit sooner. And that not only like not to make this about weight, but like to make it about like but my digestion improved, my like mental clarity improved. Like I felt more relaxed and comfortable, but like it was never an overnight thing. It was slowly incrementally over time being like, okay, if I go to a brunch and then go for a walk afterwards, am I like gonna gain 30 pounds overnight? Like, no, I'm not. And and like I felt more safe in that. And I think what you just said like speaks to the fears that people have right where it's like oh my gosh if I go to brunch and go for a walk like afterwards am I going to gain 30 pounds overnight like these are the things that people think in their mind and when we're talking about having you know like a more intuitive relationship with movement one that really feels good in your body and contributes to your health in in positive ways 
you know, that is, that's one principle of intuitive eating. And we know that intuitive eating is a weight neutral approach. Some people who approach intuitive movement, their bodies might need to gain weight. Some people might stay the same. Some people might lose weight, right? Like your body, when you are not forcing it to do these really like intense all the time workouts, like it will relax into the place that it needs to be. And I think your story is like such a beautiful example of that. I, I relate to that too. Like I, I feel so much more just like at ease and comfortable in my body now that I'm not doing these, like, you know, so intense multiple hour a day workouts. And for me, I almost had the flip experience of you with the birth control pill. I did not realize that I had lost my period because I was taking birth control. So I was, you know, pushing myself hours of exercise a day, you know, panic attacks. If I missed a workout, like it was so, so intense, so obsessive. And I was taking the birth control pill at the time. So I was still getting a period. Uh, Yes, yes, exactly. In quotes, uh, like every (laughs) month. And then I, um, I started to have all of these health issues. And I was like, I'm going to try to go off of birth control, went off of birth control and didn't have a period for a really long time. But I didn't realize that I had lost my period because of the over-exercising and the restrictive eating and, and all of that. Um, because I was taking the pill. And so that was like such an eye-opening moment for me as well, where I was like, wait a second, this has been like going on in my body. Like, I didn't even know that this was, you know, happening to me. So it's, it, it's almost like I had the opposite experience, but also lost my period because of, you know, like how intensely I was, I was pushing my body. And I love what you shared about, like the incremental changes, like don't put pressure on yourself to go from, let's say like a two hour workout a day to a 20 minute workout a day. But what are small steps that you can take in the direction of the relationship with movement that you want to have where you realize like, oh my gosh, I am safe. I will never forget. Obviously, like I love, I love bar. I love low impact movement. I love Pilates. Like I love it. And there was a time where the workouts that I do now, number one, I had a perception of them, which I think is like a common perception that that was a workout that was for a rest day. Like I, you know, I was reading like all these runners magazines and it was like, okay, great. I'm going, my 20 mile run is today. And then tomorrow for my rest day, I'll do like a Pilates or a bar or a yoga class. And that was what I thought of these, these workouts. And when I finally, um, through working with a a coach who does, you know, such, well, she doesn't do it anymore, but at the time does the kind of work that you do with yeah. your clients to help them to, you know, heal their hormones and, and have this like really beautiful relationship with their bodies and, and with themselves. I was working with her and it was like, became very clear that maybe running all these miles was not like serving me. Yeah. And so started to try to transition that. And I remember going to my first bar class and literally thinking, this is like going to be a waste of my time. Like, this is not even going to count. This is going to be like nothing and, and running beforehand, right. Being like, I'm going to get in my my real workout first, and then I'm going to go to this other workout. And I just share that because I think it's like, 
so important for people to understand that like if you are in a place where you're like, I'm going to do my real workout first and then go do this thing or wherever you might be, like it does not have to be that way. And you can make these small changes to heal, you know, mindset, physically, all of that to get to a place where now I'm like, I mean, I run around with my kids, but like, I, I am not going to go for that's it. Run. Yeah. Right. That's like, that's, that's, that's the running around. I will say like, when you were saying that just now, like I had this visual in my mind of like, literally like almost an identical experience. Mine was with yin yoga. Mm-hmm. So Somebody had at the time, like when I was, again, like trying to like heal my hormones, figure out why I wasn't getting my period, all the different things, um, had said like, oh, you should try like yin yoga. It was actually, you know what? It was not even a person. I remember it was a hormone doctor who I was like reading her book at the time. And she was like all about yin yoga. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to yin yoga first. I'm going to do my like huge cardio thing on the treadmill. And like, it's like, oh my gosh, like now looking back on that, it's like, that's really counterintuitive Kelly. But what I will say is that like, that was a bridge for me. Like that was like a bridge for me to be able to say like, okay, I feel safe doing this. And then the more that I would go to this yin yoga class with this really amazing instructor who like is still a part of my life because I feel like she changed me so much and made me feel safe to slow down and safe to be able to rest. It was like, okay, now I can do this and like come here and like have this experience and feel calm and feel at peace and do these stretches. And then maybe I'll do a 30 minute walk. And then maybe I won't do a walk at all. And maybe some days I'll just do this where I'm just relaxing in these poses. And that feels really good. So it was kind of like that. Like that was like the first baby step of all the baby steps. And so I think that like you sharing that is really beautiful. The other thing I want to say too, about the whole, um, birth control thing, because I think the experience that you had is an experience that a lot of people has. And that, that, that's what I was going through at first too. I, I was get on the birth control pill for 10 years before I came off and realized I didn't have a period. And it, so, I mean, I probably didn't have one for a lot longer than I thought. Um, but what I don't think that a lot of women recognize is that, um, when we think of like not getting a period or having irregular cycles, a lot of it, And I'm not saying all of it, but a lot of it comes down to stress. And so when we think about stress, like I like to throw that into three different buckets and that's mental stress. So you think about like rushing, rushing with your kids, rushing to get like, do all the errands and then get all the stuff on the to-do list, like, or like deadlines with your boss, like stuff like that. Um, Emotional stress. So you're fighting with your partner, uh, a loved one just passed, a pet just passed, like, and then some sort of like physical stress. And like what I tend to typically see is mental and physical stress are typically the stress that people have that end up running longer courses of time because we're in that place of like, oh, it is my mindset to overexercise. It is my mindset to undereat. And so those are physical stressors that are going to cause your body to feel like I'm in fight or flight mode and I am not prioritizing reproduction here. I'm not prioritizing fertility. I'm not even prioritizing digestion or hair growth or any of that. I am prioritizing staying alive. And that's exactly what my body was doing. Our bodies were doing when our cycle shut down because we were over-exercising. So I just wanted to explain that a little bit. Such a helpful explanation. And I love the way you broke down like the different kinds of like the different kinds of stress that people can be experiencing. And I do think that so often people overlook the physical stress of over exercising, 
of under eating like these things are so stressful on our bodies, but I think people don't equate them with being stressful because they're sort of promoted as being these like really healthy behaviors, right? Because I feel like there's this idea that always weight loss equals health. And so it's like anything that might potentially support you to lose weight, which I feel like historically, everything that I read was like, eat less, exercise more equals weight loss. And so then we're like, okay, great. I'm going to eat less. I'm going to exercise more. And then I'm going to be healthier. And so it can be really confusing to be like, wait a second, I'm trying to do everything right. And it doesn't register to us that like, actually these behaviors are creating like an unhealthy level of stress in your body. And there is a way to nourish your body with food, with movement that helps you to feel your best. And that helps you to live in your, you know, like healthiest and happiest like place in your, in your body. Absolutely. I think that that comes back to the, like what we were talking about, like even with doctors who would say that Mm -hmm. like to me or like, and I know that's the experience that a lot of people I've talked to have had. It's like, you go to the doctor's office and they say like, oh, you want to lose weight, eat less, exercise more. We read it in. I mean, when I was like, you know, growing up like teen years, like would read Cosmo. Now it's like all these young girls are seeing it on Instagram. And so I think that it's something that is highly promoted and coming at you from every angle, including for some of us hearing it from our own parents. And then what that's doing is like, disconnecting you from, am I tired? Do I feel energized right now? Am I hungry? Am I full? Like I was so disconnected from all my own internal cues and I was running on autopilot. And I get this question from clients all the time, because I think that we often, like, I know you do, like, it's like, we attract the people who are going through similar experiences as to what we went through, because that's like, what we're vulnerably sharing online. And so um, what I will say to women all the time is like, it's not a quick, easy fix, like reconnecting with yourself. And it's not a sexy answer either. I think that people want this like, oh, like, okay, well just, you know, do this one quick thing. And then like, then you're going to know how much to eat or like, give me, oh, what I get all the time is give me a meal plan, give me a meal plan. And just like, tell me what to eat. And that it's like, no, 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 no. That's not going to work. Like that's me doing like the work that you should be doing. And what I think it really takes, if we're going to like generalize it for everyone listening here is like pausing, like slowing down and pausing and saying, how do I feel today? Am I too tired to get up and like go for that run that I usually do? I mean, I don't personally run anymore. I absolutely hate it. I will never run again in my life. Even though I used to do it all the time. Um, and no shame if you like it. If you get it endorphins from that, like great. Like, but it's about, I don't think that anyone is in a place where they're gonna want to like do a 10-mile run every day or like for me, like do like this intense incline on the treadmill every day. Like it's about checking in and saying, what might feel good for me today in that pause? Like, what am I hungry? For? I remember like just to like kind of like put this in the perspective of food too. Like I would eat the same exact thing for breakfast every single morning, just like I would do the same exact workout. And it's like, you are not a freaking robot. Also like to kind of bring in the conversation of hormones, because that's like really the work that I focus on is like, we have this beautiful 28 day cycle as women. And if 
we're just doing the same exact rigid thing every day. We're not connecting and honoring the rhythms of that cycle. And it's like closer to your period, you're going to feel more tired on your period. You're going to feel probably really depleted that next week when you're coming off of it, you're going to be energized and ready to go. So it's like, how can we listen and pause a little bit more? Unmeasured is the virtual bar studio that celebrates your body and never shames it. When you join, you'll have hundreds of bar classes, including a new on-demand class added every week, weekly live classes, epic playlists, and even the occasional pop-in from guest instructors at your fingertips and in the coziness of your own home. Not to mention that a monthly membership is less than the price of a drop-in at most bar studios. Each class, whether you choose a short and sweet five-minute flow, a longer, more in-depth 45-minute bar class, or anything in between, will help you to create a more feel-good, intuitive relationship with movement. Every detail of the unmeasured experience is 100% free from diet culture and 100% full of love. Head to movementunmeasured.com to grab your seven-day free trial and experience for yourself what our members call life-changing and why our members shared that they've never loved a workout more. Unmeasured is more than a movement membership. It's truly a movement. Come join us at movementunmeasured.com. I love that Kelly, something you said earlier in the conversation around the yin yoga class was that yeah. like, you know, doing your quote unquote real workout before you went that first time that it was, <laughs> you know, it, it was kind of this bridge that allowed you to have that experience. And then you started to feel safe to slow down. And I just think that like, when you said that, I was like, yes, feeling safe to slow down. Like that's such a huge piece of this. And like throughout our cycle, when we do have, you know, these natural energy shifts that are, that are happening, like, because we're not robots and we are like these, you know, beautiful human beings. So as women, we do have these cycles. Would you be, um, would you be open to sharing like the four different phases of our cycles? And typically, obviously things can be happening in someone's life. Like you could have a, you could have like a, you know, an unexpected grief that pops up or something that's going to shift your, your energy, like right. the stressors that you described and things can happen outside of our menstrual cycle that can impact that. But let's just say that, you know, we're, we're sort of in a place where we're able to be really guided by our menstrual cycle. Can you share the four different phases and, and what typically like how movement can look to like support each of those phases? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you too, I used to like, so my husband, he goes to something called F45 every single day. It's like a 45 minute functional training, like intense, high intensity interval training class. And um, back before that, he was doing something called orange theory, which is kind of the same thing. And I would wonder to myself, like when we, before we got married, I'd be like, why can he do that every day? And I can't like, and I feel not that I like can't because I would, but like, I feel exhausted and he feels good. <laughs> and he, it was because men run on this 24 hour diurnal rhythm where again, like I said, we're on this 28 day. And so that's another reason why it's like his body is more like, even like all the research we see on intermittent fasting, it's all done on men. 
because like their bodies are not stressed by that deprivation of food in the morning because they don't have those delicate fluctuations. So I just wanted to mention that before getting into this. So we have four phases of our menstrual cycle. And what I will say is like from talking to hundreds of women, whether it's my clients or um, women on my podcast, what I have learned from a general consensus is that and, and my own personal experience, geez, like I thought I was getting my period the whole time I was on the birth control pill is that like, we as women do not know enough about our menstrual cycle. Kelly, I feel like unless someone, <laughs> unless you are actively seeking out this information, <laughs> we are never taught this. I, when I found out there were <laughs> four phases to my cycle, I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> like I had no clue. And it's like, this is happening in my body. No one has mentioned this to me. Like, no, I had no clue. So for, yeah, for anyone listening, who's like, wait, what? We have four phases. Listen, you're not alone. I like, I think I just discovered that it was like 12 years ago when I learned that I'm like, we have what? Yeah, it was literally <laughs> like around the time that I was trying to get my, pregnant and my um, father-in-law is a fertility specialist. And so I'm like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Cause then it was like, I was trying to like, learn all of this stuff about my body that I feel like we were never taught. If school could teach us things about finances and our own bodies, we would be much more. If much only better. we yeah, could, right? we should write a, we should write a, a new curriculum. <laughs> <laughs> um, so four phases. So your first will be, some people say the first is the menstrual. Some people the first say the first is follicular. I mean, that's just, it's, it's whatever you want to look at the, whichever way you want to look at it. So I'll start with the menstrual menstrual is when you are on your period. That's when you're actually bleeding. And what I think a lot of us know is that during that three to seven days, which is like a normal time to bleed. So if you're somebody who's bleeding for seven days and you're like, Oh my God, I'm like, no, that's normal. Like that's a normal, anything like less than or more than that is questionable, but that's a normal timeline. And in that timeline, we are going to feel our most tired. Why? Because our hormones have gone from this place where they're up here to now they have crashed. They have fully come all the way down. Your estrogen and your progesterone are both at their baseline and you are feeling exhausted. That is a great time to do supportive movement maybe something like a yin yoga class where it's like you're sitting in poses for three to seven minutes. Um, you go for like a nice gentle walk. You maybe even just take a rest day, which was like something that I never would have done like 10 years ago. But like, it, that's okay too. We all need that in our lives. And so those are like very supportive movement practices in your menstrual cycle. Then you get into your follicular phase. That's when your hormones are starting to build. So they're starting to climb. Estrogen specifically is starting to climb um, because you're starting to produce that egg on your ovary that you will later ovulate a few days down the road. And so when estrogen rises, as do your energy levels. So you're starting to feel a little bit brighter. You're starting to feel a little bit happier. You're starting to feel a little bit more energized. That's when you may want to take it up just a little notch. You might want to do something like one of, you know, Simi's bar classes, or you might want to go and do like a Pilates class. You might want to go and do something where you have like, feel like you have a little more energy. Then you get to your ovulatory cycle. That's where the egg actually releases from the ovary and comes down the fallopian tube where if you're trying to get pregnant, it can be fertilized by sperm and land on in your uterus. If not, 
you, the egg dissolves and you eventually two weeks later are going to bleed that off. But that's typically around day 14 of your cycle. Um, if you're somebody who's just getting into this and you're like, I want to know more. And I want to like, understand like why I'm feeling this way on certain days, you can do your basal body temperature and test your temperature first thing in the morning from the time that you get your period until like day 14 to see like, oh, this, when your temperature spikes, so it'll go up about a degree. You'll see like, that's the day that you're ovulating. And then you can start to connect that and be like, do I have more energy today? Do I feel like, like my most, um, social self, like you might want to do a group class that day. That's a good day to go do like a group class to connect with your girlfriends to do like if I, again, like I don't really enjoy high intensity, but if you're going to do an orange theory, like this is a great time to do it because you have the energy and the capacity to be able to do that. Then you get into, from that place, your luteal phase where your estrogen and progesterone are kind of like a roller coaster. They're all over the place. And that's why we feel a little bit moody. We feel a little bit of like cravings. We feel, you know, sometimes water retention. And sometimes that can be because after that ovulation phase, for a lot of women, what I see in my practice is estrogen dominance, where they're not making enough progesterone because they are, for the most part, the women that I see running on a lot of stress. And so that we can start to balance that out to ease those PMS symptoms, but something like a vinyasa yoga class or a, um, you know, a hike or something where you're like using maybe some weights to build muscle. Like those are all really great ways to support this phase. Cause it's not like you're super exhausted. You're just not as energized as you were in that, the first two phases. Um, so, and then you get back into your menstrual phase where you, you bleed that off unless you become pregnant. So that's kind of a, a story of the cycle. I love that. And I, uh, I will say that I think it's so funny in my house. Um, everyone I'll, I'll like, you know, come out of the bathroom and I'm like, I got my period. And Tim's like, yeah, uh, everybody in the house could have told you that was coming last 48 hours. <laughs> yep. So irritated <laughs> with everyone <laughs> and everything. I'm just like, why are you breathing like that? It's so funny. It's like the 48 hours before I feel like everyone just knows they're like, we know where Simi is in her cycle. It's for sure. <laughs> Any minute now. It's coming. <laughs> and I think that like all women are to some degree or another experiencing that. Um, and I think we're like taught to be like ashamed of it. Like, it's like, like this, like bad negative thing, like, oh, you're hormonal. And it's like, yeah, like, that's great. Like, I know that like, I'm, I'm, you know, having all the phases and like life is happening. And like, I'm when I, people used to say that I would be like, so like ashamed of, and I'm like, no, like, I'm happy. Like that's so much better than not getting my period or like the alternative. Yes. One of the things for me that is so freeing about like the cyclical information that you shared is like, for me, it, was permission to not have to feel the same way every single day. It's like, of course. And you know, the, the hormone piece of it is one is one piece of it. Other things can be happening in your life that can make you feel different on different days. But like the hormonal piece for me was this huge unlock of, wow, I am not meant to be exactly the same every single Monday or every single Wednesday or every every single day, like my body has different needs on different days. And this is a very like scientifically research proven reason why 
that is baseline in my body, regardless of any of the other things going on that might also be making me feel more energized or less energized or whatever it might be on different days. Like this is, this is a constant, this is happening all the time. And it is such an unrealistic, unhealthy expectation for me to put on myself that I'm just supposed to be able to wake up and do it exactly the same every single day over and over and over again. 100%. And I will say like, wherever we can get the permission to tune into our bodies more, it's like, whether it's more people like you giving women the permission to rest and slow down, or it is tuning into your hormones more. Like, I think women need (laughs) variable degrees and like, ways to give themselves the permission because we have that such that strong pressure, whatever you want to call it, diet culture, um, you know, eat less exercise more like that mentality is so embedded in us. And so we need all of the permission we can get to start to unravel that mentality. And just to take this one step further, when we start to work with each phase of our cycle or what is called cycle syncing. And we are more in tune and honoring those phases of our menstrual cycle more. There is benefit to that, right? Where if we are not honoring that and we are just pushing through and doing like what I did, where I was like doing the same two hour, I'd say that. And I'm like, how did I do spend two hours in a gym of my life every day? (laughs) But like, we're doing that same two hour workout every single day. It's like, what that is going to do is going to probably disrupt your digestion. It's going to make you feel a lot more tired. It's going to make you feel like you're maybe not digesting your food as well. It's going to make you, for me, like lose my period. So there's so much benefit to listening because it's like the example that I said of like the low progesterone levels or estrogen dominance that a lot of women and I practice work with. Like if we kind of work to release some of the stress or like honor the rhythms of the cycle and say like, okay, during my menstrual cycle, I'm going to slow it down. I'm going to take it back a little bit. Like just from, I was actually talking about this on my Instagram yesterday, like just from that alone, I have seen multiple clients have longer cycles where they go from like 23 to 28 days or 29 days where they have less irritability. They have less anxiety. They have less intense cravings for sugar and carbs because they're not stressing their bodies as much. I love thinking about like the benefits of really- What am I getting? Yeah, totally. Really leaning in and giving your body what it's telling you that that it needs. And I think that in, you know, we talked before about external messages around this stuff versus like intrinsic, what our body's saying to us and what our body knows. And I think that it's so- powerful as someone is starting to take steps to have more of the relationship with movement that they want to have. Something that if, you know, this person wrote in, like, I feel like my body wants to do more of this low impact stuff, but I'm Mm -hmm. afraid. Thinking about moving towards that relationship with movement that you want to have, that um, the thing that you can feel your body asking for. Yeah. Notice as you're doing these things, how it feels for you. And Kelly, I wonder if you would be willing to share, like you said a little bit about obviously like your experience before your journey, when you were doing these two hour a day workouts, like how did you feel versus what's it look like for you now? And how does it, how does it feel? feel? Yeah. I love that you bring up that question because 
the way that I try to guide a lot of my clients, and this takes more work than like as simplified as I'm making it say it right now, but is by saying like connect to that future version of yourself. Like you're in this like automatic response where you're kind of in autopilot doing the same thing every single day. What would it feel like to have the life you want? And so when I think back about like myself, I was like, okay. And in that place of like the two hour day, like I felt super anxious. I felt like what you said, like I was almost going to have like a panic attack if I didn't show up for that movement. And if I didn't do it, then it led into this place of like, okay, well now I didn't get to do the workout today. So I'm going to restrict food. And like, I'm not going to enjoy my experience with food. And like, I, when I lived in New York 10 years ago, like I would have this huge group of girlfriends. They were all going to a dinner and I'm like, nope, I'm going to skip that because I'm, you know, I'm working out right now. And like, I can't miss my workout. And so it was like, I was missing out on like all of, like I mentioned in the beginning, like the pleasure and the joy. And so I was like, okay, how can I connect with that version of myself that has those things that has the like things that like, I'm so desperate to have in my life because if I have learned anything from my journey, it is that health is not just about like movement and food. It is so much more multifaceted where it's like, oh my gosh, like having connection with people. Like I know like mentally I feel really down and like really sad, like COVID. Oh my gosh. Like how, like I was so sad because I didn't get to see my friends and in person, like that is a big part of my mental and I think it leads to my physical health too, because of the way that it starts to regulate hormones. Like we know as women, if we have connection with other women, not just with men, with other women, we are actually more likely to have stronger progesterone levels. Like that's been research. And so I think it's really cool to look at it from that perspective. And so now it's like, so I would like leave a Barry's boot camp, like back when I lived in New York and be like, okay, like I feel way worse about myself. I feel like the instructor was literally like yelling in my face, like faster. And like, I felt super anxious. Like it was horrible. Like it, it was horrible, but I didn't recognize it because I had never given the other option a try. And as soon as I did that, like what I mentioned about that yin class that I went to with, if anyone's in Vegas, her name's Kristen Bartles. She is the best because it's like, oh my God, I know what it feels like to be in my body. Like to feel calm and peace and softness in my body. And like, wow, what an incredible shift. And so now I am like, I have two kids now. And so um, between drop-off and pickup and running my own business and, you know, being a mom, like to them and wanting to spend time with them, like I even if I wanted to do two hour workouts, I don't have time for that anymore. And so I'm very happy that like I took the opportunity to repair that relationship with myself before I had kids because I just don't like even have the flexibility for that anymore. But now it looks like about 20 minutes of Pilates or yoga every single day. To me, those are the things that really speak to me. And what I'll also say is like physically in the past, like we talked about like the holding onto weight, the digestion that was like but I also had like intense back pain where I would like need to like go to a chiropractor because I was doing so much cardio that I was like hunched over and my back was like completely locked up. 
And now that I have embraced this new way of moving where um, I teach Pilates, but I also like love yoga and like, it is just like softened my body so much. I'm not in pain anymore. I feel relaxed when I get off the mat. I feel more energized. I feel more positive. Um, it's also a relationship where I don't feel the pressure to do it every single day that I feel safe to know, like, okay, if I don't do it today, like then tomorrow I'll show up and it'll feel really lovely and good. I actually had that experience when I was in New York, um, last weekend and we were traveling with my kids and I was going on like a meditation women's retreat and it was like a two hour drive from the city. And so I had to wake up by like 8am, which is I'm on West coast time. So that was early. <laughs> um, like very get, early for you when you're in New yeah, York. It's like a 5 yeah. wake up call and then drive back. And then I wanted to go to dinner with my husband when I got back. And so I was gone all day and like, I didn't have the opportunity to move my body. And I was like, looking back on that and I'm like, oh my gosh, if this was years ago, I would have forced myself to get up way earlier, get on the treadmill, do the thing. And it's like, I would have spent the whole rest of the day feeling exhausted and shitty. And it's like, just knowing that like I can take a break and that feels really nice. That's such an incredible example because it's like, number one, you got, you know, the rest that your body needed to function. Yeah. Maybe, you know, it would have been nicer if it didn't have to be like quite so early, but like, still, you got the right. most possible rest that you could get. Right. You got to feel present for this amazing meditation retreat and really enjoy it and soak it all up. And then you got to come back and have a beautiful date with your husband. Yeah. Like what a wonderful experience that I feel like, previously for both of us, like not getting in that workout would have been so mentally distracting and overwhelming yes. that it's like, yes. and you miss out on all of that. And I think I relate to so much of what you shared about the shift in like how you just feel in your body. Like I feel so much more relaxed. I feel so much more at ease. Like I just don't feel like I'm hanging on to anything. And I think that's the the stress like around it. And just moving in a way that makes you feel so embodied, like, and helps you to feel so connected to yourself. And I'm also like, oh my gosh, as like a person and like looking at like the whole life picture, I'm like, I just have so much more life. Like, and it's oh, not even, yeah. yeah, it's not that I wasn't doing things before, but I wasn't like really present for them. And now 100%. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I feel like my relationships are so much richer. My days are yes. so much richer. Like it's just amazing to get to have those experiences and not just be having them like on a physical plane, but like to really be present be in them. them. Yes. yes. It's yes. so, it's so amazing. And um, Kelly, I know that you, obviously you're a Pilates instructor and you share your, your workouts on your app are most of your, would you say most of your workouts are like around 20 minutes? Like, is that, is that kind of like the sweet spot or what is, what does that look like for, for you and in how you share with your members? Yeah. Um, I feel like they're really in within the range of anything from like 12 mm -hmm. to like 35 minutes. And there are some Love it. We have a couple, like I did like a yen class on there. That's like an hour long where you're just holding the poses and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's like, for the most part, it's in that sweet spot of like, where it's like, oh, I, you know, I, my days are filled with other stuff. Like you said, like my days hold space for like all these other things. And I think that like, it's so much more fulfilling yes. that way than like being on this rat wheel. And so if, if I think if there's anyone out there who is thinking to themselves, because I think that like, 
for you, it's bar for me, it's yoga and Pilates. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that like finding something that like lights up your soul because I, and I know that sounds so simple, but it's truly like the key that to holds it all because like, I never felt like when I was going to orange theory or Barry's Boot Camp, like my soul was lit up. Like I never felt like that. And now I get on my mat, I move, it feels so fluid. It's just like, oh, like this lightness about it that like allows you to have that mental feel good experience afterwards. And so try, if you're stuck in the cycle of I'm doing the same workout every day, try a variety of different things before you say, this is it. And like, I, it doesn't have to be like one thing. So for some people, it's a variety of different things. I love that. And I, you know, there's been so much research done that the number one thing that determines if someone has a long-term consistent relationship with movement is pleasure, is enjoyment, that they actually like what they're doing. Like it is so important. And so I love that. Um, I love that you just mentioned that. And it is so essential that people feel encouraged to find forms of movement that they actually enjoy because if you don't like it you're not gonna you're not gonna have a good time like doing it or if you (laughs) force yourself to do something over and over again that you don't like that's gonna create stress for you Absolutely. If we can boil it down to like one thing today, it's like shifting from the mindset of like, I have to burn this many calories. I have to, um, you know, do this many, like this, I, for me, like it was two hours or whatever. Like if it's for you, 30 minutes, whatever it is, I have to like all of these like rigid things to be like, what do I actually enjoy? What do I actually take pleasure in? Like, because the rigid things are going to, get you in what, like exactly what you're saying, like the all or nothing, like, oh, well, like, you know, now I'm going to go on Thanksgiving break and it's going to be this two week break where I'm not going to do anything. Cause I literally hate my workout so much. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I love that. Kelly, thank you so much. This was wonderful. I'm so glad we got to have this conversation and I just appreciate you coming on here and sharing all of your wisdom. Thank you so much for having me. This was so wonderful. I love getting to talk to you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Unmeasured Podcast. If you did, I'd love you to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast so that we can reach more people who are looking to live unmeasured. If you're ready for more, come hang with me on Instagram at Simi Bodich. Sign up for a seven-day free trial of Unmeasured, the virtual bar membership that celebrates your body and never shames it at movementunmeasured.com. Or visit simibodich.com to get my weekly emails and learn more about my coaching and mentorship offerings. Thanks for joining me today. I can't wait to see you next time.